This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 54. My name is Keno Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it is possible for people of faith to reach financial independence. You can expect one episode from me per week. During that time, I want to help myself and you to see what the Bible has to say about handling money or wealth. We are currently on a journey through the Bible, looking at wealthy people in the Bible who are people of God. Today in this episode is actually the last installment in this series. And today we look at a man in the Bible called Philemon. But as a quick recap, in terms of some of the people that we've looked at, um, looked at men and women. We looked at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Joseph. Um, we looked at the wife of noble character, then Proverbs 31. We looked at Queen Esther. And uh, we looked at uh, Mary, who was the mother of John. We looked at uh, most recently, Lydia, in terms of women. We looked at Hezekiah, at Solomon, at David, at Levi uh, in the New Testament, uh, Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, Joseph of Arimathea. So these are just some examples of men and women in the Bible that we looked at. You can look at some of my previous episodes of podcasts to see and to listen, really, about these men and women and their interaction with money. But like I said, today we're going to look at our last um, character, Bible character, as it relates to money in this particular series, and Philemon. So Philemon was a Christian. He was wealthy. And we learned that he was a slave owner, which is extremely interesting. Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes a letter to Philemon and, you know, he also addresses, uh, you know, he mentions Philemon's, who, who believes, who we believe to be Philemon's wife and son, and also the church that met at his house. So this was a personal letter. It's called Philemon, so it's to Philemon, but it's also for public consumption. Um, the people there in Colossae uh, and the house church and his family, they needed to know also how to deal with what was about to happen. And that was Onesimus's return. And then it's for public consumption for us today that we can take a look at. But what do we learn or know about Philemon? I'm not going to read uh, Philemon today is just a letter, like one chapter, so you can feel free to read it on your own. In fact, I suggest you read it. But Philemon was a Christian. Paul calls him a fellow worker and brother in the letter. Philemon is described as having faith in Jesus and love for all the saints. And then he was wealthy. How do I, why am I saying he's wealthy? 
Well, a church met at his house. To some degree, it means that he had a house big enough to, um, for that meeting place, right? But then also it says that he was a slave owner. So in my mind, he has enough money so that he can have slaves, right? He can have servants and, and people do things for him. Um, he has money. So he was wealthy. Onesimus was Philemon's slave who had run away. And it sounds like when we read the letter, he probably stole something from Philemon and ran away. Onesimus would later meet Paul in his travels and becomes a Christian. Paul encourages Onesimus to go back to Philemon to put things right. In the letter, Paul does not leverage any kind of apostolic authority, but appeals to Philemon on the basis of love. He also does not plead for Philemon to set Onesimus free from the slavery, but for Philemon to accept and love Onesimus as a brother. Unfortunately, slavery was a part of the Roman system and many systems, right? I mean, even for me, I'm a black man. I live in the Caribbean. And so my ancestors would have come here as slaves. And many of us who are listening to this podcast had similar experiences, right? I'm in the Caribbean. You may be in Africa. You may be in America. Um, and if you're a person of color, like I am, that's just the reality of our situation. Slavery was a part of that Roman system. Slavery was a part of uh, the system that brought me here. And it was terrible. And slavery was not a part of God's will. And it never has been. And yet, when one became a Christian, it doesn't mean that they were freed from slavery. Right? Physical slavery. But 100,000 times better, or maybe more than that, maybe a million, there's a freedom from sin. And so when, be, when one became a Christian, and even today becomes a Christian, there's freedom from sin which is far better, that's the best freedom we can ever have. But a slave was considered property, and a runaway slave could face severe punishment up to and including death. So when Paul sends Onesimus back, Onesimus may have had some fear of Woodward Philemon do. But now, Onesimus is a Christian, Philemon is a Christian. In verse 7 of this letter to Philemon, Paul says that Philemon was a man who refreshed the saints. Paul actually encourages him to receive Onesimus as he would receive Paul. Like Paul is saying to him, 
treat Onesimus as you would treat me. Right? Not you are rich and he is poor or you are the master and he is the slave or he stole something from you and he ran away and so deal with him like that. No. Paul says, treat him as you would treat me. Right? You respect me. You hold me in high esteem. You love me. If I come to your house, what are you going to do? You're going to serve me. You're going to give me a big meal. You're going to treat me in a certain way. Paul is saying to Philemon, that's how you need to look at Onesimus. That's how you need to treat him as you would treat me. But how would Philemon respond? Philemon was called to forgive. Now, we don't know exactly what Philemon does, but I'm getting the impression and the feeling like Philemon did do this. He did accept Onesimus as a brother. He did forgive him. He did treat him as he would treat Paul. The truth is that between people, right? So I'm not just talking about slave and master and servant and worker and employee. I mean, every kind of people relationships. Sometimes there's an issue there. And a lot of times the issue has to do with money. Who has more money? Who has less money? causes problems at times in relationships. But money doesn't make us better or worse than others, right? Because I have more money than someone, I'm not better than them. If they have more money than me, doesn't mean that they're better than me either. Indeed, we need to look at people the way God looks at people. Right? Society would tell us, hey, this person has more money, Kino, so wow, you need to be like them because you, you, you in some way are less than them. Right? You need to get closer to that. And if you had more money, you could be on the same kind of status with them. Money does not make us better or worse than others. I know I said it already, I'll say it again. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians 5 and 16 that says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And for Christians, we should no longer measure people by human standards. Right? What are some of the human standards that we measure people by? We measure people by race right? Their nationality, their social standing, right? Their possessions, right? How much stuff they have or don't have. And unfortunately, we measure people by the color of their skin. The Bible says we should not regard any longer, so he's talking about Christians now, people from a worldly point of view. This takes practice though, right? Because 
we become Christians, but we come out of the junk of the world, right? And the messed up standards that the world has. But having money should not make us feel bigger or better than others. Or even, like I said before, it shouldn't even, in our minds, elevate us to a place that these other people are at, right? Now that I have money, I can fellowship with these people. They can be my friends or, or my acquaintances. I can rub shoulders with them. No. Money doesn't make you bigger or smaller than someone. And so we need to see people not through money-colored glasses. We shouldn't be looking at ourselves through money-colored glasses either. But I ask, how do you see people? How do you even see yourself? Do you think I am better or worse from others because of how much money I have? Do you think they have money and I wonder how much I could get from them, right? So even are we looking at people as how much can I get from them? Are we looking at people through money-colored glasses, right? Like ching-ching, ooh, they have money so I got to get close to them. No. Satan and man have messed up this world and corrupted the way we look at each other. We should look at each other and learn how to do this the way God looks at us, right? For example, God has a desire for all men to be saved. That's men and women who are rich or poor, men and women who are slaves and masters, men and women who are white, black, brown, red, whatever color they are, God sees us not by the color of our skin, right? Or our possessions, but the Bible tells us that he looks at the heart. He can see through all that makeup. He can see through all that gunk, right? And even the things that we put forward for people to see, God looks at the heart. The love of money has corrupted the world. And unfortunately, has affected how we see people. And as Christians now, we need to retrain our minds to see people not from a worldly point of view, but from a godly point of view. But I ask you, what consumes your mind today? Is it money? Or is it love? I've said this many episodes already. Money is just a tool. It has no power. Men use it for good. Men use it for bad. But it really is about who they are on the inside. That's how they use money, based on what's on the inside of their hearts. That's what God's more concerned about, the inside of our hearts. We need to be concerned about who people are on the inside, not who they are on the outside, not what they look like, not what they have or what they don't have. 
love is more powerful than money every day of the week. We need to look at people from God's perspective, his love for them. And so when we look at people either as brother or sister in Christ or a potential brother and sister in Christ, and then helping them where necessary to get closer to God, right? Going after influencing others to follow Christ. And so sometimes that takes a lot of forgiveness, right? And that takes that mind change that we're talking about. The strength to forgive, get this one, comes from God. You and I don't have that strength in and of ourselves. It comes from God. I want to encourage us as we continue this day, the next few days, the rest of this week, the rest of our lives. Let us have love on our mind as it relates to people, not money, not status, not possessions, right? Not higher, lower, but love. Let's navigate the rest of our lives, not with money on our minds, but with love on our minds towards others. This is all I have for you today. I encourage you to join me next time, which will be next week by God's grace, as we talk more about money, more about the Bible. Also, please invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them search for Godliness with Contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. And um, this is Keen Ohana. I'm signing off. Check you later.